0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're broadcasting once again from the Fontenelle booth on the final day of Husker Harvest Days. Interesting market trade that we got the chance to digest today. We're going to talk about some exciting things happening when it comes to a livestock perspective. Some nice highs taking place. Hogs, not the same. We'll talk about the negativity that was seen in the hogs. We'll look at the grain complex as well. Kind of a mixed market trade. The big question is, are we still talking Wazdy? we're going to get all those details and a whole lot more today as kyle bumstead joins us kyle is with allendale sitting right next to me it's kind of nice to have you guys i think i should just travel across the country to do these when i get to sit next to you guys and have these conversations kyle but let's start out with this livestock because we saw highs in the cattle those feeders look amazing it is a good day to be talking cattle
1: yes it is a very good day to be talking cattle as a matter of fact uh, new contract highs in that november uh, feeder cattle board all the way on back and uh the december live cattle all the way back they made new contract highs and as i've always said bear markets don't make new contract highs but i do want to stress that uh these cattle may be getting a little bit ahead of themselves as far as a market perspective as far as the futures perspective now uh, a lot of the uh push higher on the live cattle side of things here is anticipating higher cash this week last week uh, we traded steady cash there on 290 on a dress basis 184 on a live basis here in nebraska and we traded some 180 in kansas which was a little bit uh, better but uh, i think last week's average was somewhere on 179 and a half in kansas but i think this week it's going to take 181 maybe 182 to get some uh, southern trade to you know the guys part with some cattle down there in the southern plains and i think that's kind of what the futures are trying to uh you know price in as a little bit higher cash trade so where do we go from here that's a very very good question. It's Thursday afternoon. We've been up. Uh, we, we're, we've been up pretty much most of the week here. We did see a nice sell-off here on uh, Wednesday, and we saw a mixed market on Tuesday following that Wazdy report here with uh, the grain doing what it did. Monday we saw a higher board as well. So it wouldn't surprise me either way if we saw some profit-taking here from the non-commercials here to finish out the week. And uh, something else I've noticed here the last couple of weeks here. Uh, As we've seen this complex rallying to new contract highs, we've seen the the spreads really get bear spread where they're selling the front months, buying the deferred contracts. And to me, that says at some point in time, that's going to flip. We're probably going to see some non-commercial liquidation, probably come back in and see some commercials buy and get some coverage. But until we see that, this rubber band is just getting stretched and stretched and stretched. And it's eventually going to snap. And, uh, you know, Friday afternoon we get the Commitments Traders report out. I do anticipate us seeing a sizable uh, long position or, or the non-commercial funds adding to their length in that uh, Commitments Traders report. So uh, looking at as far as next week, uh, barring any uh, significant moves here, uh, Friday and uh, Monday, Tuesday, we could probably see them add some more length here on next week's as well, too.
0: So looking at the the fact that, and we talked about this earlier today, Is this a good time to be thinking about adding to that feedlot, seeing the way these grain prices are moving? But again, you got to make the investment in some cattle that are pretty pricey at the sale barns.
1: Well, that's a good question. If you've got the feed it, it, uh, you know, and it makes sense, I would say go for it if it makes sense. Now, uh, if you're doing that, you probably want to be looking out to that late spring, uh, next summer board, kind of seeing what the prices are out there. I do want to stress that option volatility is very cheap as far as volatility-wise. Uh, you're paying pretty much for time value, um, not really buying a lot of volatility out there. So uh, if you want to participate on the, on the long side from a speculative standpoint or the short side from a speculative standpoint or short side from a hedge standpoint, it is very economical to do so at these levels.
0: What are you looking for? We're into September, mid-September, into October, as we head into the final quarter of this year for this cattle market.
1: I'm looking for a stay. Yeah, that, that is a tough question. We don't know. I mean, obviously, this thing is way overbought. But uh, the momentum, the trend is your friend. The trend is up. Um, I could see us playing out somewhat like a 2017 scenario where we pushed higher all the way through uh, September and October in the first part of November. Uh, that's when we topped the market. When the news got so bullish, it was never going to go down again. That's when things started turning around. So uh, I do want to stress that, yes, we are seeing higher prices, but our margins really haven't changed that much. So you're just handling more dollars in between. Your margin's the same, you're just handling more dollars in between. So that's where I want to stress some sort of protection, Uh, however, whatever avenue you, you choose to do it, have some sort of protection underneath these high dollar feeders.
0: Why is 2017 and 2023 so important to be talking about? Livestock kind of seeing the trade like 2017?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, the live cattle side of things here, you're, you're kind of seeing that chart. The chart structure looks about the same, where we bottomed out uh, the previous year in 2016. We bottomed out, uh, I think it was in September of 2016 and then that DEES contract is just kind of pushed and ground higher all the way uh, through 17. We saw the same thing here this year so far. I was looking at some charts here uh, before we got started. We bottomed uh, the cattle market here as far as the December uh, 2023 live cattle contract posted a low, I believe, around 158 and change there on the uh, week of the 26th of September in 2022. And uh, we've added about, what, $31, $32 since then on that December board. So um, it has had quite a push. We have seen a a, a big move here. And could it go further? Absolutely. But uh, could we see a sizable setback? You bet we could. We could see a nice setback in this cattle complex and still maintain that bull trend.
0: And no surprise, negative going on in this hog complex as you look at a trade on a Thursday. This is probably one of the most seesaw markets we've had to deal with.
1: Yes, it is. And, and like a good friend always told me, uh, if you want to trade hogs from a speculative standpoint, you need to know it from your banker and maybe one from your doctor at the same time. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I do think that uh, the hog market, it does have its uh, issues. Longer term though, it does look somewhat friendly as uh, we've seen a lot of herd liquidation and things like that. But we also have to get more competitive uh, from a cutout standpoint. And I'm, I'm afraid on the beef side of things here, we did see exports this morning, they did not look good here as far as the beef side of things here. Pork. Could be facing some of those headwinds as well, Susan.
0: Well, the good news is, from a beef perspective, we heard our Nebraska governor today saying that the, the businesses in Japan are wanting more U.S. beef to meet that demand. So let's keep our fingers crossed we might see some, some assistance in that regard.
1: Yes, that is possible. Now uh, China's been a huge buyer as well, too. So it, uh, it's great to see those uh, countries in here when they are buying. So, yes, I'm definitely, definitely hoping that uh, we stay competitive as far as, uh, you know, on the world market.
0: Well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up as we get ready for the second half of the Fontanelle Final Bell. Of course, we are broadcasting today from Husker Harvest Days. It is the third and final day of the show. Thanks to all the crew here at Fontanelle for allowing us to hang out in their booth to do this program. We'll take a look at the grain side of the action coming up. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here. On the Rural Radio Network.
1: Husker Harvest Days is here. Please join us one final year in the Fontenelle hybrids tent at the show September 12th through the 14th near Grand Island. There's plenty to talk about including the merger into the new Channel C brand, our proven performance potential, and an expanded corn portfolio for 2024. So stop and see Fontenelle at Husker Harvest Days. The same local commitment with new possibilities. Always read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, green marketing, and other stewardship practices. KRVN.
0: Welcome back now to the Fontenelle Final Bell here in the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing, of course, in the booth here at Husker Harvest Days with the great folks at Fontanelle. Bay. Uh, stay tuned. We've got some more news coming up. There will be a name change to the Fontenelle Final Bell starting next Monday. It will be called the Channel Final Bell as uh, Fontenelle moves into a new channel, shall we say, joining the folks over at Channel well Kyle Bumstead continues to join us as we look at the second half you know we had a Wazdy report that came out on Tuesday here we sit Thursday everybody's still talking about these, these Wazdy report going not a lot of excitement it kind of was what we thought it should be so why is the discussion still hanging on two days later
1: because there's nothing better to talk about in the market right now Susan that's why they're still talking about it um, when you look at the Wazdy, yeah I mean the algos were uh, the the bean number was not that bearish the corn number really isn't that bearish either, it's just that the computers that trade those numbers off the Excel data dump when it finally does happen are at 11 o'clock or 11 o'clock and however many seconds just weren't programmed to see numbers like that. So, you know, the soybean number, yeah, the market's telling us, yes, we still have an issue here with soybeans long-term. Short-term here with soybeans, I think that uh, we're going to see our harvest pressure, obviously, with that Jan spread widening out, the basis widening out here recently. Uh, those things have really uh, taken, a, you know, taken a pretty good size hit here the last couple of weeks because it's an indicator that harvest is here. Now, uh, long-term, though, if a person were looking at uh, soybeans, what I do with them here, we're sitting here on the precipice of harvest and... Uh, you know, you've got ‑‑ if you start now, you might have a couple weeks here before you have to decide what do I do. Do I store them? Do I sell them? What do I do? Um, I'd be looking at, uh, you know, maybe replacing some sales here that have to go off the combine with something out there in March. Volatility is getting very cheap. And going out there to March gets us into some potential South American weather problems, which we're going to start to uh, really look at here as we turn the calendar to October into November. We're going to watch that South American weather a little bit closer.
0: You know, of course, I I hate to press ill on anybody, but everybody's watching that South American weather knowing that they had a decent crop, and it's really affecting our export opportunities because China, though they have an alliance right now with the folks in South America, have had too much focus. According to farmers I talked to here at Husker Harvest Days, he goes, they should be looking at our beans at this point.
1: Well, they should be, but, uh, you know, a couple of the, it's been about, what, a year, 18 months ago when we got up into the $16 beans, you know, where people were knocking on $17 beans, we literally priced ourselves out of the market, and so it's going to take a while for them to come back. I think they'll come back, but it's going to take some time before they start to come back. I mean, we have seen some flash sales, we have seen a few exports there. It looks good, but just not on the volume that we should be seeing this time of year. Also, going out to that March time frame gets us into that big export window, so we should start to see exports ramp up if we're going to see them ramp up. Susan, what about the corn? Corn side of things. Uh, that's a, that's a very good question. Um, We have built a lot of carry in this market here the last couple of weeks, and I know there's some issues out there with the dryness, don't get me wrong, I know there's problems, but We don't have the export demand. We have poor river levels over in the east as far as an export market. And uh, with uh, less cattle coming at us allegedly here after the first of the year, we're probably going to lose some feed demand as well too. We're probably going to lose some hog demand or or some feed demand to the hog side of things too here as we've liquidated quite a few sow herds here uh, the last few months. So um, I do want to stress that look at the carry in the market. I know everybody has set up to store corn and sell beans. That's kind of what the mentality is here. But you may want to look at that. Options clear out the July are very cheap for corn that has to be moved out the combine and if we're sitting on hedges yet, we may want to look and see what month it is here uh, the, to roll out to as far as uh, capturing the carry in the market. At this point in time I'm not looking for a huge uh, amount of basis appreciation moving forward into the winter months. Um, I think folks are going to lock it up, they're going to store it and they're going to sit on it and hope, like uh, ho- hope there's going to be a rally or a basis rally but I don't see that coming just yet.
0: So what about the wheat? Everybody's still talking, you know, the WASD and the wheat numbers. We know there's issues in Australia. We know that there's been issues in the Black Sea region. All these agreements that are happening between these countries. Wheat, from a global perspective, puts some global nervous pressure, from what I've been told, on the corn and beans as well here in the States.
1: Potentially, but looking at the wheat complex, I guess uh, when the CME group uh, introduced uh, variable storage rates again, widening out that spread uh, from month to month, putting more carry in the market, saying we just have too much wheat here in the states, nobody really wants it at this time. Could that change? Yes, but it's probably going to take years for that to, to leave the complex again. When they opened up VSR again, that is extremely bearish to the complex. Now, their, uh, spring wheat and hard red winter wheat, those are not near as bearish, but it's still a wheat and it, there's still a lot of wheat in the world at the end of the day.
0: All right, curious, what, what's the thing Kyle's going to be watching as we head towards the weekend? What's grain or livestock? What's your one to watch?
1: Probably the weekly close on December live cattle and the weekly close on November soybeans to see if we uh, continue the downtrend here in the soybeans. We uh, go ahead and finish up this live cattle complex here to finish the week. As far as the December contract, uh, do we close higher or lower? My guess is probably going to be higher, but there is that off chance we could close lower, and that would look uh, somewhat suspicious uh, to maybe a reverse on the weekly chart.
0: All right, lots of things that we looked at today, Kyle. Great conversations. Um, Folks didn't get a chance to come see you here at Husker Harvest Days. How do they go about finding you to have this conversation?
1: You can call me at the office at 308-708-7340.
0: All right. That is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. As we always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss, not suitable to all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell is being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers. You can check this out as a podcast at ruralradionetwork.com or wherever you subscribe for your free podcast. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell from Husker Harvest Days right here on the Rural Radio Network.